This is Conversation Justice. I am Jakob Gotan. And I'm Vinay Tanner. So today we're going to talk about jurisdiction. What is jurisdiction and why is it important to you? Why is jurisdiction important in a contract? And how to choose jurisdiction? And what does a notary do with international documents? And I'm going to provide a bit of background just by examining the word jurisdiction. So the first bit, juris, means law. And the second part, dictio, means declaration. And of course, it all comes from Latin. And we understand jurisdiction as the power to make legal decisions and judgments. Now, I assume all of you have read pages 1 through 48 and are now well-versed in subject matter jurisdiction. I object, Your Honor. This trial is a travesty. It's a travesty of a mockery, of a sham, of a mockery, of a travesty, of two mockeries, of a sham. Is that justice? So, jurisdiction, I mean, it's a word that's banded around a lot. You know, we're in this jurisdiction, we're in that jurisdiction, or as we sometimes say, we're not in the jurisdiction. So, first things first, which jurisdiction are we in at the moment? Well, we have a, a specific words that we use. We are in the jurisdiction of England and Wales. So when we deal with documents, they have to be correct in the laws of England and Wales. So you now, now perhaps start thinking that, hold on a second, we're supposed to be United Kingdom. Where does that appear in the law? Well, Scottish, obviously, Scottish laws, and then there's the Northern Ireland laws. So you can now imagine these are separated or segregated laws which are not related to the jurisdiction of England and Wales. And the, 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 the final point I want to make on this section is something called, and we've banded around a lot of Latin words, and I'm going to finish with this Latin word on this section. I've got which one is, more after that. Have you, okay, well, that's fine. Lex loci. And this is a very important Latin word to say uh, that where you are and where you sign the document is where the law of that country prevails. Now, what that means is, say you have a contract that you're signing, which is, let's say, Austrian or Australian or Canadian or American, and the contract is signed in this country, it has to be compliant and under the rules of the jurisdiction of England and Wales. Therefore, if it is not compliant with those rules, it is void automatically. So even if that document has been produced for the purpose of another jurisdiction, it still has to be absolutely correct as per the laws of the jurisdiction that you're signing in. Would it also mean that if you have a document from a different country or different jurisdiction and you want to use it somewhere else, you would need to ask the court of the country in which you want to use it to interpret what you actually have. And without the interpretation, it will be fairly useless to you. Vinay, you've mentioned uh, England and Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland, all the various jurisdictions we have in the United Kingdom. So those would be, let's say, the national jurisdictions in uh, Europe, you may have all the different member states of the European Union with their national jurisdictions. In the United States, the same thing. 
But there's also something which would be called, and that was the Latin word, I thought, supranational jurisdiction. Although these individual units may have different rules on certain things, there's some underlying or supranational rules which are the same and imposed by the, by the, by the state sitting above or the European Union saying those are the most fundamental rules and they have to apply to all these states within. You may have also heard a court stating that they can't make a decision because it would be outside their jurisdiction. It doesn't mean that a dispute can't get resolved. It simply means that somebody else should resolve it, somebody who has the power to do so. One of the important things when you look at a contract is something called the jurisdiction clause. So you could have a contract that is signed in America, that the contract is happening in England, but is enforceable in Singapore. So you have these three jurisdictions where the contract was signed, where the contract is happening and where the laws of the country will, be, will prevail. So that is very important to understand how countries, we call them conflict of laws, how they all come to place. So the first thing I explained early on was where it was signed. So that legality of that document has to be absolutely cast iron, watertight in the jurisdiction it was signed. Where it was happening, so for example, if it's a concert, let's say it's happening in a different country, that is the second part of the contract. But the third part of the contract is stated in the, contra in the body of the contract, which says the jurisdiction by which the laws of the country will be enforced will be that country. And in this case, the example I've used is Singapore. So Singapore law will apply to the interpretation, the enforcement of that agreement. And there are lots of very good countries where jurisdiction uh, is used. England, of course, because it's a very established country with good solid laws, jurisdiction clauses notoriously have England and Wales as their jurisdiction of enforcement. Second is Singapore, which is a very, again, very international uh, place where, where good laws, uh, good enforcement, Germany is a good one. So these are good examples. So you could have an African country, perhaps with not such a stable mechanism of law, using English jurisdiction as their contractual basis. Vinay, you are saying that if I make a contract in one country, I can choose which law will apply to it. Absolutely. So you say that if I am a... a a company from Germany contracting with an Austrian company, I could say that I, if, in case there is a dispute, I want the English law to apply. So this is where lawyers come in and they, the reason for choosing a jurisdiction is actually to do with efficacy. So it's actually making it easier to enforce. So, so because the English law and the English jurisprudence is very clear and very well made in terms of its laws. Um, it is used because, because there are more practitioners uh, and the, 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 the costs are relatively uh, reasonable. And the most important, it is easily available. The, the court system in the uh, jurisdiction of England and Wales is easily available for those who want to litigate. And so we are a litigation hub. But just spinning on that is, of course, the issue 
for most people to say, well, look, if I'm going to do international business, you've got to look at that, those clauses because, of course, you do not want to litigate in Singapore or in Germany. You want to litigate in this country where it will be easier for you to uh, defend or take those proceedings. Parties or whether they're individuals or contracting companies, they should agree what the suitable jurisdiction may be. And it's never going to be both. If they're from different countries, they can't have both jurisdictions. So they have to pick one. And often they would not want to have one or the other the advantage of the home turf. One of the things that you may want to consider, of course, in, in certain species of contract, for example, prenuptial agreements, you may marry in this country, have a prenuptial agreement that is effective in this country, move to America, and what you then do is have an issue of jurisdiction because what you had just done is create a contract under the laws of England and Wales and suddenly move to Florida where there's Floridian law uh, and what you normally do is have a, another agreement which simply reiterates the prenuptial agreement that's done in England uh, to say that it is now compliant with Floridian law. So that happens a lot where you reiterate documents if there is a movement uh, to that jurisdiction. Reiterate, you really mean to go to the, the court in Florida and ask them to, to interpret what your prenup from, from England which you have so it applies, it's compliant with the local rules as well? Not necessarily. Obviously, you would get to that stage if you were enforcing it, you were getting divorced in Florida. Certainly, the Flor Floridian uh, legal system would have to interpret the English provisions. But of course, what you would do if you were normally just going to, if you were married and you were simply moving to Florida, you would simply get a Florid, Florid, Floridian lawyer simply to do a postnuptial agreement to reiterate those terms already entered into. So that mm. happens a lot when moving into jurisdictions and you want to make sure that that prenuptial agreement is watertight within that jurisdiction. I think we should move to the next point. I think we've touched upon that and it was the choice of law. So parties can choose. <laughs> But not always. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes, let's say, in contracts where you deal with uh, consumers, for instance, if you buy a ticket with an, uh, from an airline and fly somewhere, there's a problem and you want to make a claim, the choice of jurisdiction will automatically go in your favour because you're the consumer, they are the, the big company, at least in the EU, the, the, the consumer laws are set up in favour of the consumer. So when we talk about jurisdictions and how you may happen to end up in one country or one jurisdiction over another, there are various aspects to it. So one was the choice. Two parties can choose where, what jurisdiction, what law governs their dealings. Second, it could be determined by their conduct. Perhaps most of the business was conducted in one country, hence that country's jurisdiction being applicable. And third, in particularly advanced legal systems like the European Union, it could be determined by, by rules which favour one party over another. So as a notary, I'm obviously confronted by many international documents, both by way of power of attorneys, giving power of attorneys to, in, to individuals or companies within another jurisdiction, uh, or uh, contracts, uh, or indeed simply declarations. I find that the, 
the nature of these documents are that obviously they need to be effective uh, in that country because that's where it will be used, whether you're purchasing a house in Spain uh, or, or, or a timeshare in Tenerife. Ultimately, what you want to do is to make sure that that document is watertight in that jurisdiction. But my job as a notary is to ensure that it is actually compliant with the laws of England and Wales. And one of the things that usually is missing from documents is, is, is by way of something called deed. So if you are making an agreement, then it must be by deed. And the words signed, sealed and delivered or as a deed must appear. And sometimes you've got to explain to a foreign jurisdiction that those words must be there to in order to be compliant here. The other thing you, of course, uh, require with jurisdictions is language. And of course, the language, uh, the business language is usually English. But where there is not, uh, where, where, the, where the jurisdiction has a different language, uh, business language, then you will need a bilingual document. So, so again, language comes into the issue of jurisdiction because, of course, of interpretation. The word deed, for example, may not be uh, easily translatable in a different language, very difficult to translate in French or indeed in German. So these are examples of the things that you would need to come across and, and to make sure that that translation also translates perfectly mm. well in a different language. Because it could mean different things in different languages. Absolutely. And, and, and that is one of the issues of business. And that's why business, the English as a business language is, is very important because that's a common language. Bine is a, a notary public as well as a solicitor. English is often used because it's the most commonly used language across the world. Okay, I have been Jakob Gotan. Vinay Tanner. And it's been a pleasure talking to you about jurisdiction.